You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming to you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Riotcast Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman with a special bonus episode that we are recording on Monday, Memorial Day, with myself, with the fashion brand, the producer, and I guess on-air personality, though it was never official, and Dov Davidoff. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm having, we're on Zoom, and I have a um, one of those uh, virtual backgrounds. It's my home in the Hollywood Hills. That's a tremendous home, Dan. You know, on some level, uh, in the context of our new reality, what's the difference between a virtual home and an actual home? Um, from 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 our perspective, I mean, looks like it, it's. Um, I'm not sure what I'm saying or what I'm trying to say, but. I think it's uh, it's it's ironic to experience somebody. It's just what's the difference after a while? You're not allowed to leave, right? Right. If nobody uh, knows. I mean, you didn't have to say that was your virtual. Well, it it you can kind of tell, but this was inspired by I was watching on Netflix uh, Selling Sunset, which is a show about these four chicks that sell real estate in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. And uh, and I started watching it because I you know I like to see pretty houses, but it became. They got bogged down in the soap opera aspect of it. They, you know, about the the, the uh, girls, um, their love lives, and you know, rather than just uh, the uh, houses. So I, I kind of lost interest. They try to make it into like a soap opera, where, for example, yeah, one all those shows, all those reality shows, are trying to generate some drama, and you can't have drama without these personalities banging up against one another. If they just showed houses, it would be a different show. It would be it would be a show that I would enjoy, but it wouldn't be a show that they're the kind of show they're trying yeah. to create. There was one scene in which one of the real estate agents was showing a house to this uh, wealthy guy, and he kept trying to hit on her. He was like, "Oh, so uh, he was Israeli." He's like, "So uh, he was, yeah." Maybe, uh, we we move in there together if I buy the house. Hey, yeah, well, he said, "Well, I'm married." And he's like, "Well, but where does he live? Where does he live? Oh, Miami. Oh, well, then who cares?" As if somebody would really do that. And yes, yes, they yes. did do that. Like yes. they would do it in front of a camera, like yes. it weren't scripted. It would, so, so anyway, so I said, you know what, I this, you know, you're, you're insulting me. Well, he, he must have been Sephardic, yes. I believe that he was. Okay, I believe, okay. Uh, cool. I'm not sure, but um, in any case, Selling Sunset is on Netflix. Uh, you know, a little too soap opera y for me, but if you enjoy that kind of thing, you might want to check it out. Anyway. Um, Today, by the way, I found out that Gilligan's Island had a theme song uh, that predated the one that we all know. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to hear a little bit of it. It's horrible. It's a Calypso melody. No, nobody wants to hear it. Well, you know, okay. I threaten, I, I mean, by way of a straw man argument, I actually, I, I said to, I, I closed on my house finally, and I had to, uh, my, the proceeds from the house uh, were wired into my attorney's trust account. But they didn't, they didn't flow through to me immediately. And then I couldn't get a hold of the guy. And then American Greed Special started flashing through my head. And I thought, for all I know, this guy's smoking methamphetamine. I mean, probably not, but one never knows. And uh, he's, he's sailing around on a yacht and or 
I didn't know what the guy was doing. So finally, when I didn't get a response, I just said, listen, you know, I spoke to my other attorney in New York. I'm going to have to call the FBI if this, if it doesn't show up in the next, you know, X amount of hours. And it's, uh, anyways, it was very anxiety producing. You understand you got that kind of dough floating around in binary computer codes and you don't know whether or not every American Greed special, and by the way, including Madoff, do you know that, do you know the whole Madoff scandal was not some uh, 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 genius kind of high tech, you know, um, um, Ponzi scheme. It was a basic, I'm printing paper, I'm printing on pieces of paper and then showing my clients returns that don't exist in reality. It was as low tech as it gets. It was a, it's fascinating that the, the biggest uh, a scandal in history, the biggest financial investment scandal in history was, um, was, was relatively low tech. I don't know. I, I, I understand, in fact, that if I went to, by the way, law school with Shauna Madoff, who was uh, Bernie Madoff's niece. Yes. Very pretty girl, as I recall. Yes, yes, delightful. Large breasts? I don't recall her having large breasts. I, I, I recall her being sort of a willow, having a willowy form. Willowy, yes. Uh, I was intimidated by her. Uh, yeah, well, as I was intimidated by all but the homeliest of girls. And even <laughs> them sometimes, uh, I would be shy. But, but I certainly didn't dare talk to her a whole lot. Right. But, um, but that was before my confidence was given a shot in the arm by my uh, stand-up comedy. Yes, of course. Not, not a tremendous shot. It was all down here. I mean, yeah. shot in the arm. sailing from there, yes? What's that? I say it was all smooth sailing. No, it hasn't been smooth sailing, and, um, but it's better than it was. You know, this was, you recall, I didn't kiss a girl until I was 24 years old, for example. Okay, well, I had 700 grand in a wire that didn't hit <laughs> my account. You follow me? So while you were jerking off to Madoff's niece, I had real <laughs> bones on the line, baby. Real liability. How long? I don't think I ever, I don't think I, well, could I just finish my, my, my thought, parallel? I don't think I ever... <laughs> I don't recall. Now, obviously, memory, human memory uh, is not perfect, but I don't recall having uh, jerked off to Bernie Madoff's niece. That, but I can't rule well, it out entirely. I can't rule it out entirely either. You know, I don't know why I wouldn't have, to be quite honest with you, but um, in those days, this is, we're, we're talking about prior to Instagram, prior to thirst trap shot. Generally speaking, I needed some visual stimulation uh, i.e. Uh, pornographic images, that sort of thing. And where'd you get your, where'd you get yours from? Was it magazines? In those days, it was magazines. Magazines, yes. In those days, it was magazines. Or it was um, public access television. Public access television. Uh, I don't know when that yeah, spank, spank revision came out that you could pay for, but I certainly do remember magazines. I've, I've used many a magazine from a very young age. And a matter of fact, my child, I, I did IVF, my son was born by way of sperm generated in front of a high society magazine two years ago. Two years ago, I leaped <laughs> to a high society. I was sitting on a chair, like a hospital chair, but with a wee-wee pad, like for a small dog, because that's the way they do it at NYU. And you go in this room, and uh, there was, it was well lit, uh, no dimmer, no dimmer. I'm not an animal. And um, anyway you know, you got to peel one off. And I did so to a filthy magazine. I and it, interesting it, that, image. That, that your baby was born in that way. And I don't know if it'll have any repercussions later on, but maybe, maybe well, it can't be good. Maybe you somehow. know, I remember years ago, I, I was, um, I went to one of those bodegas, or whatever, you know, one of those 
neighborhood stores to buy a magazine of that nature. Yeah. And, of nature. and I put it on the counter and I was, I was a young guy. I was probably 27, 28. So young. So, and so. The, Indi the Indian guy that owned the door that was behind the counter said, what are you doing? There's real girls out there. You can fuck them. Yes, yes. Why are you buying this? Of course. He was right. He was right. Are you, are you pussy, he said. He didn't the say man. that, but, but here he sees a young guy who's white, kind of white anyway, white-ish. <laughs> um, probably figured, you know, that I, that I might be able to actually have sex with some of the actual woman. Yes. Uh, and I was buying one of his magazines, and, and uh, I, I think that he was probably correct, you know, to some extent. Well, he was trying to help you out. I mean, you know, he did what he could. Um, I mean, I wasn't a, a horrifying individual. I was a young, okay-looking person that yes, he felt yes, might be able to have a, uh, an outside chance of getting laid in real life. That's right. And he expressed he that to me, and, um, he did and I didn't say anything back. In my head, I'm thinking, you know, don't be, don't be so sure. But, uh, but in any case, so he was like the father I never had, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, listen, it, it, we, all, we all go through um, the stages wherein we question our, uh, our objectives and what's taking place. And those happen to be, um, in your case, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a time that the span of which lasted uh, 49 to 51 years. Still going, still going. Still coming along, everything's coming along. Periala, you had something, a thought that you wish to express by um, a few minutes back. I don't know if it's still relevant, you still want to. Um... Of course it's still relevant. Thank you, Dan. Um, well, I wanted to know how long is reasonable for that amount of money to be floating? A domestic wire, it's a very good question. A domestic wire generally hits the intended account inside of 24 hours. Okay. It's uncommon that it doesn't. And then, um, and so uh, I, I didn't know in the first place, be, because of this COVID thing, when you go through a closing, it's not face-to-face -face or in an office setting. You're doing everything. You sign these docs and then you send them, you overnight them the attorney and then he overnights them to the other long story short you have a it's not even virtual you're just doing it via phone you pre-sign the docs and then i signed a power of attorney so that my lawyer could execute the contracts and then the title woman um uh, wired the proceeds into my attorney's trust account and so every american greed special is some guy you know is either is either gets ahead of himself in some way financially that he didn't understand or it's just some guy started getting high and he invades a trust account in the knowledge that uh pariel's gonna close the month after and dan's gonna close the month after and then a ponzi scheme is he takes my money today spends it on cracking a yacht and then uh he pays me back with somebody else's money but then right. when the music stops that's the ponzi scheme right and, well i didn't want the music to stop on me and so i began you know but so how long were you freaking out for? Like, how long did it take him to get back to you? It was 48 hours of tension, you know? it It is for that kind of tension. And so, you know, it just, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting experience. And you try, you, we try to learn uh, as best we can or as much as we can from these things. And, um, you know, I, I learned that by, it's, it's always buyer beware. You really have to keep an eye. On, um, on transactional kind of situations, uh, and, and in any transactional situation, whether it's a, a date via some, you know, by, by what's, what are these dating services, by the way? 
well, what are the best dating services? You want it because you're getting back into the game? Oh, yeah, I'm getting back in the game, yes. Well, there's Raya, which I mentioned to you yesterday. We, we Yesterday, Dove yeah. and I and another friend of ours, Sandy Marks, went uh, – day drinking in the streets of New York, because this whole town is just drinking all day long. There's nothing yes. going on, and people are just in the streets drinking. Right. Uh, we'll get to that. But um, I mentioned to you Raya, which is an invitation only. They rejected me, by the way, as well they should. Uh, it's an invitation only, yes. uh, kind of like Tinder, Bumble, but invitation only. Yes. So you get recommended by a friend. Yeah, yeah. Lori Siegel, who used to be an anchor on CNN, right. uh, recommended me, but it didn't work. Right. But... Um, yeah, no, there are different sites. Or if you have like a big Instagram following, you can just apply, I think, without a recommendation. I'm not exactly sure how it Anyway, it's like invitation only. It's a lot, from what I hear, it's a lot of DJs and like Instagram models. You know, it's not it, necessarily it the highest be, quality of people. Yeah, it used to be a more, uh, I, was, I would say legitimate though. I'm not sure what it was legitimizing. But um, yeah, I don't know what the likelihood of meeting somebody of, uh, of uh, higher integrity, uh, character, or... Uh, you know, being more engaging is on that, or if it's any more likely than just, you know, fishing in, 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 you know, more accessible water. I think Bumble's probably your best. I hear good things about Bumble. I, I was, I never met, I, I, I met somebody on Tinder, a couple people on Tinder. I had some, actually, it took me years and years, but you know, I, I, I got a couple of bites on Tinder. I associate uh, it with a more hookup site. Is that the case? Or well, that's the reputation. Because the site can be, I, I went to a Tinder wedding. A friend of mine's daughter was married. Wow. From a guy he met, she met on Tinder. It can be whatever you want. I mean, you can, you know, you can meet somebody in any circumstance, and it could be true love. But generally, the reputation of Tinder yes. is uh, the hookup. No, no, no. If I had a daughter. If I had a daughter and she married somebody she met on Tinder, that would bring shame to my family. I would have to kill her. <laughs> well, you know, uh, maybe. Ariel, how are you feeling after your health scare? Well, why don't we hear our, uh, Periel's, you asked the question. Maybe Periel has a, even though she's married, uh, she might have a take on it. And I don't know that Periel, I know she's married. I don't know for a fact that she's monogamous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this well, would definitely but... be the place where I would say if I weren't. Yeah. You might have an open relationship. <laughs> it might be a swinger, in which case it would be not a secret, but. Right. And no, we're we're not swingers. Although, yeah. you know, I wouldn't begrudge anybody that lifestyle. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, and I, we might have discussed this before, but it's, I think it's worth revisiting. If your husband said to you, Periel, you know, you go do your thing. I don't need to know about it, but you do your thing once in a while. I don't go crazy, but now and then I'll do my thing now and again. I won't go crazy. What would your response be to that? I don't think those things ever really work. Yep. I mean, I, I have you don't some- You seem outraged and disgusted by the notion, but you also don't think it's, it's- No, I'm not disgusted or outraged by the notion at all. I have some very close friends who did exactly that. You know, it turns into, um, he's fucking everything under the sun. You know, one of the girls inevitably goes berserk, right? Starts like freaking out on him. Then she starts getting phone calls. Um, you know, then she finds somebody. And, you know, I mean, it's in theory, intellectually, it's fine. You know, it's actually very European. I think it's a very American notion, you know, this sort of like bourgeois idea that you're supposed to find somebody and get married and stay married and never have sex with anybody else. But um, I don't know that I've ever heard of it really working. Um, quite in the way that 
I, I don't know anybody that it's worked for. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I, way back in the day, I mean, I, I, uh, I was involved, um, unbeknownst to me, in the swing game. I mean, I was very young. I was a young, impressionable man, 18 years of age, and a, uh, a, a Puerto Rican gal in her mid-20s brought me into a club, and I would walk past the buffet, and she said hi to somebody, and then people began taking off their clothes. I don't know, long story short, it was, um, it was an eye-opener, but I, I couldn't tell you whether or not anybody has, has sustained that lifestyle successfully in the context of a relationship. But how was the buffet? Well, they had a they had a they had a, a, a ziti that of higher quality than you think it would be in that environment. In that the priority is not um, uh, 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 the 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 um, quality of the cuisine. You understand? Uh, the priority is on shaking it up, but good. And uh, I did find myself in a chair with my socks, you know, sort of pulled around my, my ankles, and I was. I was getting head while the woman that brought me watched while the woman giving me head was getting eaten by some. It was a real dog, dog on dog festival. I mean, it's really very, it's horrible. The whole thing is a, is a filthy, filthy operation. And I'm not looking to get back there anytime soon. But it's a delightful place to spend a half hour. And, and, and you know, they make a nice eating. So what, what would you recommend to Dub Periel as he, as he ventures forth into the dating scene once again after a long hiatus. You know, he's been married for a long time, about a year and a half. Um, three years. Well, it's been three no, years. No, going on four. Going on four. Um, but he was with her, for, in all fairness, for several years prior to that. So he's getting his feet wet. He's getting his feet, dipping his feet back in the pond. Yes, a dip. If you have any advice for I mean, him. I, I really, I don't know that I could ever or would go. I, I on these dating sites, I mean, I sort of feel like you just, if you lead an interesting life, yeah. you meet interesting people. Um, and I don't have anything against these sites. I mean, God bless everybody who's out there. I realize it's like how people meet each other now and like, it's fine, but I don't know. I just sort of feel like. Sorry, Periel. There was a, there's a, uh, there was a boy who just, oh, 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 my, oh my God. <laughs> Look, remember, remember Uncle Dan? Hello, Emerson. You, you sat on Dan's lap outside of a restaurant and this is Periel. Hi, Emerson. Big boy just got out of the shower. Isn't that right, Em? Yes, yes. He is clean as a whistle, this, this Emerson. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. You see, buddy? Look at that. So anyway, oh, yes. nothing before Emerson. Emerson, I don't know if you heard any of what we had been discussing. We were talking about <laughs> uh, your father's re-entry into the dating world. Um, <laughs> Just show uh, <hear> yourself. <laughs> All right. Good night, buddy. I, I assume your, you. your wife is uh, not far away. No, no, she's right here. She's taking the boy. Hello, Jessica. If you, I don't know if you want to say hi. But. Sweet dreams, buddy. You give that, you give, you do right by that boy. Put him down. That is a cute, uh, cute kid. So you were saying Periel, Ashenbrand. Yes. Lead an interesting life. And by way of that life, um, hope that, you know, that, that fate does the right I guess thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would be too paranoid. Well, what are you paranoid of? I don't know. It's like, 
I mean, I'm per what am I personally paranoid about? Serial killers, really? Is what I'm personally. You see actual <laughs> liability. I, I, my, my experience is in paranoia, and I've done a little bit of online dating, but it was just that the person and the profile often That's is right. a net disappointment. Yes. You know, it's just this thing where, you know, if you've ever looked at houses or apartments. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. You can't. Well, everything comes back to real estate with Dove. That's his passion in life, and you'll often find no, real no, estate. No, no. Exactly. I mean, what can you really tell about a person until you meet them in real life? Well, you meet them in real life, but what, what, if you meet them on on, a, on an app, then you meet them in real life. What's the difference if you met that's them? Because people do this endlessly. They get into these virtual relationships and they text back and well, forth. You don't put up with it, but you, you say, let's meet or I'm moving right. on. You well, put, yeah. Lay down yeah. your own work. And as far as serial killers are concerned, it's very, nowadays, very difficult to hide. I mean, you, you know, if, you, if you're any kind of respectable person, you have some internet presence, you go on Facebook, you have other friends, maybe friends in common. It's, it's really not a good time to be a serial killer in that regard. Yeah, you're right about that. At least not to have terrible secrets. Yeah. I mean, it's hard nowadays to have another family that, you know, or to pretend you're somebody that you're not. And um, well, the other yeah. thing I was trying to say before, I apologize for um, inadvertently, inadvertently cutting you off, Dan, is that I think um, I have a very close friend who is best friends with Shana Madoff. Who oh, yeah, that's interesting. Her. What's her name? My friend's name, her name is Jennifer. You don't want to reveal the last name. Well, I, look, I haven't seen uh, Shauna Madoff since law school. That's going back quite a few years. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, th that name probably and, wouldn't. And frankly, Shauna Madoff is trying to forget about the last time that she did have an experience. Yeah, the, the overwhelming likelihood is I would surmise that Shauna Madoff <laughs> does not know who I am, does not know my name. If they said, oh, Dan Natterman, didn't you go to law school with him? She would say she would have to check the, her yearbook if she still has it. Yeah. So can I ask you a question? I knew who she was because, again, she was an attractive woman, and yes. I had, you know, and so I had, I guess, a crush on her. I suppose it wouldn't be uh, ridiculous to say, but uh, but I never spoke to her more than a few words here and there, which is what typically with my crushes over the years, particularly in my teens and twenties, they were more of a distant sort of a thing. Why? Because you were shy. You were too, too shy, shy to talk to girls. Too shy. Too shy to shy. Too shy. And then you started doing stand-up and you got less shy? I didn't get less shy at all. But what happened was is every now and again, somebody would come up to me and make it easy and say, yes. hey, yes. hey, let's have a drink, you, you know, and, uh, and uh, or, you know, let's go to your house and watch pornography. And even then I would be like, I don't know if I, she's into me. Because <laughs> that, that actually did happen once. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't through stand-up. That was my... I mean, we've, this is a story I've told before, but in law school, a friend of mine said, telling again. And, we, we, and she said, uh, she asked, she said, I think she asked me to come back to my house with me. And she said, what's that cassette over there? You saw a cassette in those days, the VHS. I said, oh, that's pornography. It's my roommate. Can you believe my roommate? Can you get, get this guy? He likes porno. I was still trying to pretend to be respectable. <laughs> and she said, well, can we walk? Sick bastard. This roommate of mine. Can you imagine? And then she said, oh, well, let's watch it. And I, I'm like, all right, well, that's interesting. You know, I didn't expect that, but I put it in. We're watching, literally watching hardcore pornography. And I'm literally saying to myself, me, I don't know. Is this the right time? Is she in? You turned, you turned <laughs> into Gilbert Godfrey when she said that? No, I was more like a Jackie Mason. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
Uh, but no, I kissed her and my eyes were wide open because I had never kissed a girl before. Yes. Wide open. Yes. And she said, do you usually kiss with your eyes wide open? Yes. And I said, come on. Is that what you said? No, I just, uh, I was looking at something, you know, of course. Of course, of course. A ridiculous question. Yeah, you're not a serial <laughs> killer. You don't kiss with your eyes wide open like an animal. And uh, this, this, I was 24 years old and that's what happened, but. And you had sex with her as well, I imagine? Oh, no. Oh, no. I no no we didn't we uh no she gave me a hand job if memory serves oh, so sweet so sweet nothing like a and then I got weird and she blew me off yeah and I got weird like I got weird about it and that was the hand job to completion yeah oh yeah 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 oh <laughs> I didn't realize that was, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was some, some romantic interlude well, anything yeah. we're doing is worth doing I think. Uh, well, completion, completion. yeah, worth, worth worth following up on. Now, did she? Did is your sense that she left feeling worse about who she was as a woman, or did she come back around for more humiliation? No, I don't think so at all. I, what happened is, is I like got weird about it. Like she wanted to hang out, and I was like, eh, yeah. you know, it I, is I, it, it is incredible that that <laughs> the, the, I mean you. You got no tail. You're the one with your eyes wide open. She jerks you off, and you give her the, the cold shoulder. You got oh, well, yeah, no, It is odd when you think about it, but um, that, yeah. That's, God, in that's that regard, way, yes, yes. Roughly the way it played out. Um, Didn't you start to realize, though, that, I mean, once girls started talking to you or that they were interested in you, did that didn't make it sort of easier for you to... Oh no, oh no, and nothing's well, changed. Well, I don't like being rejected, so I was very, I was and am very careful not to make too big an overture until I have a clear green light. Well, that's like, that's watch hardcore pornography, isn't uh, like how much more well, of a green that, Well, if that happened, obviously, if that had happened again, I would have known, but I'm just that was my very first experience. Yeah. So I didn't know, and so I, I just didn't know, but. Now, this is the mind of a great legal eagle. Uh, somebody that had to, that, that, that it, it, it took him the better part of 15 minutes to determine that she might be interested in making physical contact. And I called out Shauna, you know, when, when she was doing it. That didn't help matters. No, I'm kidding. But I have a real serious question. You are in an industry and- Ill. The answer is mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's your question? Your query, uh, Perry? I mean, the industry we're in is, more full of rejection than oh, any- I thought you were an author. Well, I mean, I'm an author amongst other things. The point you're, being, you're also an author. In any creative endeavor, you have a very high probability of rejection. Uh, there's lots of that. And, and what you're asking is about the paradox of Dan's profound fear of one-on-one -on -one rejection relative to getting into a business where you get nothing but rejections. Well, to I don't like that either, but uh, for whatever reason, I find it less um, embarrassing. Less impactful. Yeah. Um, I, mean, well, no, I think it was because, to be honest, I never got, I don't know, I, I maybe had my parents said to me or my father said to me, hey, you know, you, you know that girl over there, why don't you tap that ass or smash that? You know, yeah. I mean, not in those words, but you know, what are you kidding me? Oh, well, you could take have that. No, don't blame it on your father, your that's, poor father. He's dealt with enough. I don't know if it has anything to do with him. I'm just it has nothing to do with him. I think a lot's to do with, um, not not you know. I mean, um, 
Yeah, I don't know if that would have helped. I'm, I'm wondering if that would have helped. I don't know if it would have. I think a lot, a lot of it's to do with the fact that I had a late puberty, very late. And so I was looked like a little boy until I was 17. Uh, and so I think that was part like of it. The psychological reasons are myriad. But that, that, that being said, <laughs> um, Dan, Dan Perriel is known for um, what a friend of mine termed um, uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory as it relates to women. Because um, I have seen women be relatively forward with him and him find a way to not convert the spare, so to speak, because uh, of whatever it is that's taking place. And I don't have any criticism of that. I, I think that people make too big of a deal about the value associated with bumping up against one another or getting involved or a one-night stand. I don't see the big deal with walking away. But um, uh, the irony is that Dan will talk about it as though he's very interested in doing it and then find a way to make sure that the situation doesn't happen for whatever. Well, that, that, but you may have, there's truth to that, but let's, let's shift the focus if we could yes. uh, toward Dove and his reaction, because I, I may be a lost cause, but Dove there's hope for, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I'm, think you're a lost cause, Dan. Oh, well, well, I think I am. Anyway. It all uh, depends on the cause. It depends on the cause, you, you know. But I think that the Dove, uh, I don't know the Dove will find what he's looking for, but, you know. I don't uh, know what Dove's looking for. What are you looking for? Because you have your kids. So you're not looking, are you looking to get married and have another kid? Are you? Well, you know, I would like to experience some residence with, with someone, you know. I mean, I certainly have not spent a lot of time um, with women who I otherwise would have been friends with. And so... I think I have some psychological evolution that I've undergone to some degree, and we'll see how that plays a part in, in things. But I don't know. It's all very confusing. And, you know, the most important part is, is you know, being near my kid and having a close relationship with him. And then the other stuff is secondary. But, well, you know, it, it would be nice to meet a human being, to uh, talk to to and, and in close proximity and have a relationship with in theory. What, what percentage of the women that you've bedded yeah. over say the past decade or, or, or more, yeah. what percentage of them would you say you have met at a comedy club after a show, having done a show? 90. Oh, 90%. 90%. Yeah. yeah, well that's a robust percentage. It's a robust percentage. It is a robust Normal, right? I mean, you meet people at work at our age, right? Yeah, especially in that environment. And it's not a super healthy environment often to meet people. If it's an audience interaction thing, if you're meeting people that you otherwise would have been genuinely interested in talking to, it's a lot more healthy. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, certainly it is, there is a work element to it. Um, uh, but also, it isn't an anonymous experience if they've already, you know, sort of seen you do something and you've communicated some degree of value and the ability to put a couple of sentences together it makes it a little bit easier. And so I am very out of practice as it relates to trying to talk to somebody in a real life scenario where you're anonymous in a bar or something like that. And that just does not feel. M many of the other women were in acting class or some of the other women were in acting classes. Oh, oh, well, yeah, that was prior to 10 years. Yes, that's right. I mean, it was usually in the context of some creative scenario where I was able to deliver some value by way of something. And so you're not totally anonymous in that context. You're right. Shannon, Shannon was in acting class. Some ass on, on that broad. Um, yes, yes. That was in, uh, yeah, yeah, acting class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, ah, well, look, what do I know? Now, back, uh, 
What's that? Acting classes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I would recommend to any young man looking to sew his own. Oh, so sweet. I mean, you can't help but step in it in the old acting class. I mean, that is a swirl of, of, of insecurity and, and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, relative sexual dynamism because everybody's yeah you know in that environment you can't help but uh, fall in something and also i mean if you if you if you have any degree of talent i mean then all of a sudden you know if you're the guy in acting class that's actually good yes yes and that will that will that, that will what's known as grease the skids yes <laughs> yes and, you know, and they're like, oh, I really like to do a scene with you, you know. Oh, so sweet. Such a scene. <laughs> and and by the way, you, you don't do a scene in a coffee shop because if you're really going to work the scene, you got to be in a, in you know, somebody's apartment because it can become emotional or loud or, you know. And so if you're a serious actor, you've got to put your time in, you understand, which involves showing up at the other person's residence, <laughs> you understand. And then, um, you know, every now and then things get hot. You know, you get close to one another and uh, you're, you're, you're tearing into a stiff Beckett, maybe an Odette's. And before you know it, before you know it, boy, you are knee deep in actress tale. You understand. I don't know why anybody, any young person is not in an acting class. Well, because they don't know There's better. There's no reason not to be in an acting class. No reason whatsoever. The next best place to be is a, a, a male dancer on Broadway, but that takes a lot of work. Whereas anybody can join an acting class. Yes, if you're a heterosexual male dancer on Broadway. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yes, of course, a heterosexual male dancer. Yeah. Uh, I said, Periel, thoughts? Well, no, I want to know about Periel's health. Periel, yeah, how I, is your I, health? Thank, thankfully, um, I'm, all, I'm all better now. Good. I'm all, I'm all if you're not a regular listener, uh, had the symptoms of COVID-19, many of the symptoms, she was never officially diagnosed via a test. A doctor hearing her symptoms... Um, assumed and probably accurately, uh, but but we don't know for sure that she had COVID nineteen and she's she's back, um, yes. back in action. Uh, I um, would bet a large sum of money. I would bet seven hundred thousand dollars that was mired up in your attorney's fund that I had COVID nineteen. Oh wow! I, I um. Wow. We shot the pilot of my first book um, many moons ago, and I was, quote unquote, playing myself, which I had no business doing. Um, you know, this is probably back when I was in my late 20s, and um, I had a he heated se sexual um, scene yes, with, so with, hot, so hot. with a male actor, um, which I then, you know, sort of going off of what you were saying, Dove. We met in a bar later, you know, that week, and um, then we were in a car, and I I actually had a boyfriend at the time, but then also tried to make out with this guy, and he was like, what are you doing? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> now, he said, what are you doing because he wasn't interested, or because he knew you had a boyfriend, or because he was trying to drive the car? No, I mean, I... I, he may have been interested, but he wasn't interested because he, so I said, he's like, don't you have a boyfriend? And I was like, well, yeah, but you know, things are complicated. You know, they're not black and white. And he was like, well, maybe for you, they're complicated. He goes, for me, they're not complicated at all. Um, I don't. So Poor Perry Al, just chasing the dick all the time. He had such an upright morality, this guy. Well, he had been, um, he was a pretty serious AA guy. 
Right. Yes. And so yeah. Could have, also, could have also been a serious homosexual, by the way. I mean, I don't. We don't know for sure whether or not it was pure integrity that that that, that resulted in that decision making. But yeah, it's really embarrassing. Yeah, listen, you know, these well, it never happen. went anywhere. You were just like, oh, all right, well. I mean, it was humiliating. Well, for mean, a for a woman to be men to for a man to be rejected, obviously, it's very unpleasant. But we expect that. We expect a woman to say, "What the hell are you doing, you animal?" But we, humiliation we, we, is very good for an actress or an a actor. A woman does not expect for... when offering, uh, a, a, yeah, sexual sexual, uh, you know, favors, sexual uh, overtures, is does not expect to hear beat it. I was not expecting that. Oh, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's expecting that, you know, I mean. Although, you know, the AA thing, that's interesting, Periel, that he was from AA. I've had, I used to go to a, uh, an AA dance once in a while with my friend Robert Shapiro, who was, uh, who was a well-known character in the AA scene in the East Village. It used to be on St. Mark's Place. And you walk in, and the interesting thing, being a single guy in an AA situation, um, was that the women, um, one, they're drinking a lot of coffee and they're smoking cigarettes yeah. and they drink a lot of soda. And yeah. so they're all hopped up and it isn't hard to generate an initial conversation. And because they're in AA, you got to think that they have been through a bottom, you know, in their addiction before they got into AA, which involved taking it from the back in a bathroom, maybe a double dog style. I mean, these women have been up to behaviors that have uh, hit a rock on, bottom, whatever that rock bottom might be. Very unchristian, very unchristian. And so the idea of having a one night stand for them was not such a hurdle to overcome because right. they were very unchristian. But you have. Um I mean, there's an amount of discipline and self-control that this guy had um, yes. that yes. I, you know, did not possess. Well, we all respect him and regard him highly for that, with the exception of the fact that he was a homosexual. But yes, no, we <laughs> all, we have a great deal of respect for this man. His, his name, and we speak his name, and it we should still speak his stings. name. It still stings. Well, of course, as I said, for a woman to be rejected like that, for, for basically offering free sex, no strings attached. Especially when you've just been naked in bed with this guy, wow. like, you know, oh, for a scene for earlier. Scene. Yeah, for a scene. Yeah. That scene. Such a scene it was. Mary uh, Ellis had her share of knocks, but she keeps getting back up. God bless her. <laughs> um, no, that's the name of the game, you know. She will not stay down. <laughs> no, certainly not. You guys, certainly you guys not. went out for a drink the other day in the city? Well, yesterday we had yes. um, a drink um, in the ta in, 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 in Manhattan, here on the Upper East Side where I live. Yes. When I'm not in my uh, Sunset, uh, when my Hollywood Hills uh, home. Yes, that's right. But yeah. the whole city now is everybody's selling. The bars are all, you can't go in the bars. So what they're all doing is they like... Uh, kind of they have like a window to the street and they're selling booze and everybody's just drinking on the street so it's like and yesterday was a very nice day so yeah everybody was out and drinking and it was quite a pleasant um I, a pleasant time. I mean are you able like are you guys wearing masks are you able to sit far apart like how is this all working i haven't gone out in the city well since i i'm now. i'm taking the mask a little bit more seriously than than dove and sandy were but um obviously you can't drink with a mask on so you sit down However many feet apart, you pull your mask down and you and you and you knock it back. Um, but I think people are as you know getting less and less cautious as the weeks go on. Oh, certainly, yeah, that's certainly the case. Sure. 
And uh, with every week that you don't get COVID, you, 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 you start to think, well, maybe I'm not going to get it. Like when at the beginning of the epidemic two months ago, we, oh, yeah, you come to the house, you, you, you take off all your clothes and you yeah. put them in the laundry and then you, you wash your hands and 80 billion times a day. And then little by little, with each week that passes and you don't get sick, you, you relax some of those. What you're referring to is a cognitive bias uh, called the hot hand fallacy. It, 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 it's, it's when people experience success on some level, the assumption that it will then be successful again. Uh, and that is in fact not the case. And so one would not want to suffer from the hot hand fallacy. We still must be, um, uh, what's that? Uh, Vigilant. Vigilant, yeah, we still must be vigilant. But it is interesting what's going on in the city, Periel, and that the people that are out, there is more of a, um, a sense of, um, um, you know, what's the word? We're in it together. After 9-11, there was a real kind of... Camaraderie. Yeah, there's a camaraderie and a kind of energy and that everybody's been through something. And you can tell that, that the PTS, the, the smaller, you know, the little... The degree to which people have all been experiencing PTSD in their in their little you know boxes and their little apartments and their and they start to come out into the street and the experience I would imagine is that um, the the PTSD elements are mitigated by the fact that you're around other people who have had the precisely the same experience right. and so there is this uh, solid solid solidarity that's the word we're looking for solidarity solidarity yeah uh, of this shared kind of trauma and it's um it's that that aspect of it is enjoyable and i would imagine it increases the likelihood of a successful tail mating because um you have uh you, you're thought of as dan correct me if i'm wrong but you you you're a little less guilty of just running out and trying to talk to somebody in a singles uh, situation because there is a, there is a, well, we've both been through this. And so, um, you know, and we survived, therefore we can talk it? on the like window and really shake it up. Well, but I, I think that that, ha yeah, but then, then there's the, the other factor, which is people are scared to have that kind of intimacy in a COVID rich environment. Well, I was more talking about the initial kind of, uh, you know, me meeting somebody and exchanging, you know, kind of contact information, yeah. but, well, it's you also, had to it's take also, the full tale. It's also a way to talk to people. It's everybody. Every we all have a common yes. uh, conversation yes. starting point right now. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, we all have things to discuss. We've all had the same experience, so we can all. It's like in a movie we all just saw. Well, it's not a movie; it's real life, and we can all yes. discuss it. So, so there right, is. So, there what is, are there, there just tables on the streets, and you have that? to sit? Are there just tables on? No, the there's street? not tables on the street. You sit down on a. Well, we said we went to yesterday. You know, on a stoop, there's numerous stoops. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The problem is there's nowhere to there's nowhere to pee, so you end up going in the streets like a dog. Nowhere to pee because the restaurants, by law, which I didn't realize this, they can't let you in to pee. Apparently. That's right. Um, you also, the last place you want to be is in a public bathroom. I mean, that seems right. like well, if nobody else is in there, I don't think it's an issue. But the people that work in the in the in these bars and restaurants use it. I I gather. But they don't let us in, and so there really is no place to urinate. Now, I, uh, my bladder is not, I guess, as weak as Dove's. I was able to hold out until all day long. I didn't go to the bathroom until I got back home. Dove that peed is twice. incredible. I don't know how you did that. Dove peed two times. Yes, twice. Today, in the course in the of three hours on the street. Yes. In cars. I've got such a, I've got, so, I've got a, a, a 
a prostate that will not allow me to go. I can't go three hours while having a drink without a, without a, you know. And I'm very good like that. I, I, you know, usually on an airplane, I can go the whole flight. Um, so I often get a window and, and I can, I can hold out, uh, you know, if it's a four hour flight or less. I mean, a New York LA flight might be a little trickier. All right. Listen, you know, what God, what do they say? The old expression is God, God rarely gives with two hands. You know, you've got some other psychological drawbacks, but you have a tremendous bladder. And, and I, I can I, hold my pee in reasonably. And well. we must give thanks for that which we have. So to quote, so, uh, to quote Bill Murray in Caddyshack. So I got that going for me. You got that going for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah listen. Um, so you're gearing up to move back to the city then? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be on June 11th. I will be fully in, um, for a while, you know, and so I'm going to, I got to get, uh, my, place? what's that, Dan? You found a place? No, no, no. I'm going to be, my mother doesn't want to be in the city for now. My mother's in her seventies and HIV positive and she's in an at-risk group. And, um, and so I'm just gonna, I'm going to pay her. Uh, rent for a while while I figure out what's going on, but I'm gonna, uh, you know, and so, and whenever she wants to come back, that's when I will sign a more permanent lease. And I had thought about buying a place in Manhattan, but I'm not into the idea of permanence right now. I just wanna, I just wanna float around for a bit, and lease rates are pretty competitive. And so, um, at, when she wants to come back in, I'll probably lease something in the West Village or Soho and stay over there. Where does your mom live? Uh, on the Lower East Side. Okay. And on the Lower East Side. I mean, that's she's HIV positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it not not active. She um she's um, it's a very low uh, what's it? The, the, I, I forget the viral load and the white blood cell count. You know, right, all right, the right. metrics, all of the metrics associated with being HIV positive. She is not at all active, you know, uh, she's very healthy. I mean, really in, in tremendous shape, but in terms of being at risk, it is what sure, it is. Course. Did she get infected in like the eighties or was this? Oh no, no, no. It's a, it was a crazy situation where she was with one man, this one guy one time, although my father died of AIDS as well, but in an, but unrelated. I know it's crazy. I mean, you you would have to go. Like, are we just talking about this for the first time now? I don't know. I, well, first of all, I don't bring it up. It's not my place. If Doug wants to discuss it, I'm certainly uh, happy to do so. Yeah, my, I my wouldn't father bring that kind of uh, thing up, uh, you know, without uh, Doug bringing it up. Yeah, no, no, I got you. But the um, no, no, my, my my father tore in. My father was a, he was a man's man in terms of persona. But every now and then he liked that. He, he was not offended by a, a light homosexuality, you understand. I mean, there was nothing gay about the man with the exception of the fact that he banged men. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and he ran a junkyard in Jersey. I mean, you're not talking about running around the West Village. I mean, it is, it was, and my mother knew that my father was gay. My mother was on her way to teach piano in India in the 70s when she stopped off to visit her friend who was a lesbian that owned a monkey. In Jersey, this yeah, is blowing my mind. my mother. My mother was an Ivy League wasp hippie on her way to India, and my father was an uneducated Jewish business guy from the street. And while he was banging guys, he was also with her. And then they got married. 
and then she joined a, a post-apocalyptic cult that was convinced that things were coming to an end, but they would be saved by a force field. And then she, you know, it was a wild scene, a wild scene. This is all, by the way, Dove has a book, you know, called Road Dove. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that focuses on your life on the road. I don't know if you touch on any of this in Road it's Dove. It's all there. It's all there. It's not just about the road. But anyway, it was a very interesting. Road Dove, so I assume, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's, it's within that. You, you can call things anything and then thread the rest of the story. But yes, you're right. Right. Um, but, uh, it had been called like AIDS, AIDS baby. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's, it's a tough sell when you call it. <laughs> no, when you when you name a book Double AIDS, it's uh, it's very challenging to get. And I would have at least not had to ask if you talk about this in the book. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, it's all talked about. But it, it, uh, road dog. Road dog. So is that in the closet or not really in the closet or? No, my father was in the closet. Um, with, you know, he worked around, you know, blue collar guys. And so he was in the closet, but not in, not as it relates to my mother. My mother didn't believe in definitive sexuality. She would, she was, you know, when she was on the ashram, um, she spent most of her divorce money on, um, uh, freeze dried food awaiting the apocalypse. And then, they were building earth integrated housing, you know, and sort of living in a communal setting upstate. And it was um, very intense and, and odd, you know, it was very odd. All that being said, yeah. I, mean, I met your mother years later and I, there's, no, there's no real sense of, of that life she seemed to have left far behind her because that's not the woman that I know because I've known your mother for several years. Oh, I disagree. There's every sense that she is an outsider and, a, well, and radical. Quirky, but I, I mean, you know. no, not just quirky. When you met her, we would go to have brunch at her house and she had a bathtub in the middle of the floor, which she built herself and and in the East Village. And then she would have these quirky characters coming. It isn't hard to sort of extrapolate right, right. from there to the seven. Yes, I suppose. But she you know, had a beautiful apartment and, 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 and was a wonderful cook. And that has know. nothing to do with it. You fool. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, no, sure. I mean, I, I would just say that, you know, look, I think what you're describing, had you went into the Upper East Side and met somebody who works at an investment bank and you go, wow, you know, I would have never seen that. Uh, that's not the case if you meet my mother. You may not have seen the full AIDS and living in a junkyard and we're working with a monkey, but you'd see that she is uh, she is an outside operation. She's a therapist, so her job is to get people to function better. I I don't know what the hell that means, but yeah. Well, in other words, you're describing a woman that her functioning seemed uh, not terrific. No, no, it's just part of the journey. It isn't much of a judgment, you know. I mean, I don't think that if if I were, you know, betting a probable kind of love affair and, and you were getting involved with somebody who was likely gay, I would say uh, that might not be a good way to go. Uh, but it, it, How long were they married for? Uh, two years, but then they lived in the same house for the following 10 years on different floors. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And so you were two when they got divorced? Yes, two years old. Yes, that's right. And did you have a sense that like all of these insane things were going on when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, because I, I remember going to Sai Baba's ashram in India as a kid and I oh, came my. back. And I would explain, as a 10-year-old, I would try to explain to these kids in Jersey where I was, and they thought India was in Queens, and, and it was very, very strange. And, and I, had to become, I had to become a little violent, you know, to offset. 
it was exceedingly challenging. I mean, to the point where you could develop a psychological fissure trying to reconcile the pieces, you know. But, um, you know, you, you, if, you, if you, you crack a few heads, they'll come around and work in class environment. But, but it was very, very challenging. I had to hide that environment from anything around me because there was, you know, it wasn't the East Village. I mean, you were talking about, you know, it's where Bruce Springsteen grew up, that kind of, you know, real hardcore working class, people with their hands. You don't, there was no, no spiritual, maybe, no ashram, no, you couldn't talk about it. There was nothing. I kept it all inside. Kept it all inside. It was like Dan's first kiss. After it happened, he never talked about you it. You Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, he talks about his struggles with uh, depression. And his father, I believe, had, if not depression, he might have even had schizophrenia or manic depression. Yeah, yes, but, um, obviously, it was, he was not living in a time or a place growing up where these sorts of things were yes. acceptable. Uh, yeah, certainly that's the case. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Dove's uh, history is interesting. So, so um, you, well, you you were married longer than your parents, at least. I guess uh, you got them beat. Yeah, yeah. On paper, I mean, I'm not running around with a with a gold star on my on my on my report card. But yeah, you know, listen, it's. Uh, you think your brother's gonna marriage gonna last? He's he's who's married, right? Your brother? Yeah, yeah. He got married. I was the reverend. I married them. You know, I'm a man of the cloth. Okay. Of course, you are. Yes, yes. Dan lacks respect for... Uh, oh, I understand. The, the right Reverend uh, Dove Davidoff. Yes, that's right. Reverend Dove Davidoff. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. They've got their challenges, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough game, This the, the idea of marriage. And so there's no... Marielle's been at it for how long, Marielle? Not easy. Um, we got married in 2010. Yeah. Okay, so you're at 10 years, so... Uh, yeah. How long were you guys together before marriage, Perio? Um, a year and a half, two yeah. years. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was supposed to be a one-night stand. Ah, so sweet. He was. He was the actor that said yes. <laughs> he he was really supposed to be a one-night stand. Amazing. How did that go from a one-night stand to a? I met him at my cousin's wedding in Israel. I was trashed. I was wearing a yarmulke and shoveling falafel into my face. Oh, and nothing heats a man up like a, like a falafel and a yarmulke. <laughs> I, mean, I was so shit-faced when I met him. And wow. then, I don't know, we went out. He was a friend of my cousin's. We went out a couple of times. I was in Israel. I was like, this guy is fucking hot. I had been with somebody for like 10 years before that. Wow. And I was like, the last thing in the world I wanted was a relationship. Did, did, he, did he live there, Periel, or he was from here? And you guys yeah, both he lived there. there. Oh, wow. We went back and forth for like a year. Such a sweet, sweet Tel Aviv hookup. Nothing like it. Tel Aviv nights. So sweet. Now, um, th this has been, a, I think, an interesting episode. But, of course, we can't discuss, um, you know, my first kiss every week. And we can't discuss... Dove's marriage every week. I'm wondering, Dove, what do you think about bringing some guests in? Uh, Listen, certainly we can bring a guest in. The guest just has, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we can usually turn something, uh, you know, we can create some interesting aspect of a conversation with whoever, but you want to get somebody that can, Who's you the know. girl you had your first kiss with? Can we bring her on? Oh, so sweet. Oh, I don't, so I, you know, I look for her on Facebook. Uh, she wasn't there. Um... 
Yeah, I, I doubt she has the same name now. She's probably married. Most people do get married. Well, I got married. I have the same name. All right. Uh, um, and she has a very common name. She has a, a sp Hispanic name. It's a very common one. And uh, so it's going to be hard to locate her. Okay, well, I don't think our listeners need to be privy to the, you know, our process of weeding you know, <laughs> out guests for. Well, I think it's interesting because we've all we've all gone on Facebook to try to find old flames and our old hookups, and you know, yeah. so that's something I think it's a universal concept. And um, you know, you you enter in whatever data you have at your disposal. In my case, just her name, really. I don't remember much else about her. Um, so, you know, that wasn't sufficient to find her. And I remember the company that she worked for also, but that didn't help either in my search. Well, you put quite the impression on her. I, uh, she's, she's well, been, I mean, uh, suppose you're easy enough to find though, right, Dan? I'm yeah. easy enough to find because I am a public figure. Right. That's right. Of sorts. Not really, but, you know, more so than, I guess, the average person. But, um... So yeah. I'm not hiding. I'm easy to find, but most people are not. Well, most people actually are kind of are Listen, easy. To find. Look, the uh, the idea guests guests can be good, certainly. You know, I mean, uh, and Dan, I mean, you get to, to you you get to so control, so to speak, between you and Periel, the tenor of uh, of the conversation, and so um, if you don't have the 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 political pitfalls, you know, you, you don't have to, we don't have to talk about specific administrations and, you know, in detail, you can sort of surf. Well, the last episode with Noam, I mean, it was interesting, but it was very weedsy and we were talking more about COVID, a lot about COVID. Yeah. Uh, a lot about, what else did we talk about, Perio? With that guy, uh, John Last. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating because I learned things that on our show, like, you know, we yeah. talk to these people, I'm like, why are these people talking to us? Well, like, I have no business talking to like Tony Blair's advisor. Yeah, weird, right? Yes, but on the other hand, he has a thousand Twitter followers, so it, it's not like he's a huge no, God bless him. But that's not the respect. Point. I, you know, but that I mean, isn't the point Perriel was making. The point she was making was that it's it's a wildly eclectic range. Yes, it's eclectic. eclectic. Well, because What's the difference of what is Twitter following. No, I mean in terms of I, I thought Perriel meant why why are they wasting their time with us? No, Which I is, don't think it's I don't I mean I thought I, you meant like they're too big for us or they're too important or they're too famous. That's what I thought. I don't, I mean I think that it's really interesting that a fellow like that is excited enough to come on our show and talk to us. I mean, I think in a lot of ways he's doing, you know, the layman a, a great service. Um, it's a little bit, I, you know, I'm not really sure he's that concerned with how many Twitter followers he has. Yeah, Twitter isn't always a priority. I, I, again, I'm saying I thought you meant that he was too important or too busy. Not Twitter or, at all. Yeah. Or too whatever to... Uh, to do to, to, to do business it makes perfect sense to me. How often does somebody get invited on a podcast for the comedy sounds a pretty well known yeah. kind of a thing and um people no, want no, to no. You're, you're, somebody but, who solicited constantly. It's not the point. Well you're okay. not getting the point. The, the, what what is interesting and worth mentioning is the idea that they can somebody can go to a comedy seller podcast and experience a conversation with somebody who you would yes. never find at you would associate but, with a comedy club. Yeah. You're an animal. Well, first of all, that that's your take. I don't know that that was necessarily what Perry was getting at. 
that was that was pretty much what I was getting at. But there's there's well, value there nonetheless. When and, you said and certainly- that we have no business talking to Tony Blair's advisor, I, I took it another way. Anyway, um, yeah. it is you know, but uh, whatever. Um, so that I guess is our show. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it certainly is. Yes, yes. And so, uh, Dan, do you have any uh, guest ideas or somebody you'd be looking to pull in? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I'd be curious about how um, some comedian who was on the verge of mental illness when things were going well is currently doing after things that were, uh, you know, I mean, some real stage time addict, you know. Well, I mean, some, you know, one of our colleagues from the cellar or Dove has, Dove likes uh, real estate, so may, I don't know if there's any. No, any- no, no, no. It, but it wouldn't be a conversation about general kind of, it would be the changing dynamics in our world. I mean, we can get to it next time, but there are fascinating developments in terms of what's going to happen to New York City when there's a decentralized office community as demand decreases by way of a remote workforce, which is clearly the trend and exacerbated by way of this pandemic and the proof of concept provided. Well, you know, Addie, I think Addie, uh, Addie ba- uh, Baufman, your mother would be a fine guest. My mother would be very good. Yes. We, yeah, we, yeah, actually she would be, she's a, a real character. I don't say that because she's my mother. I, I say that because it's a legit character. She, she is interesting. Yeah, she would be great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we can discuss this uh, further, uh, you know, off. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll figure it out for next week. All right. God. Again, uh, you yes. know, at, uh, com- uh, podcast at com for questions, comments, and suggestions at yes. Dan Natterman, you know, whatever on social Great. media. Dan Natterman on social. Yes. And I guess at Dove Davidoff on Instagram. And, and this, this, this hat, you're, you're committed. You're committed. Well, because again, my hair being the situation. I know. understand. But at what point are you going to take, you're going to shear that homeless mop you got on your head. At what point? I'm not sure, but we'll see. Uh, another week or two might be. Might be. All right. Hey, let's see how long it is. Shake it out. Whoa, that is some. I mean, you're talking about the Beatles. That is 1972 level hairstyle. Good. All right. It's a good uh, look. I'm. I'm. I'm well, making. Nails all in, but uh, anyhow. Uh, okay, so good. we'll see everybody next time. Thank okay, you. Okay, next time it is. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.